No one comes to the Father but through Him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Therefore, it no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. Get motivated and be inspired by Inspiration for Today. pray together I'm going to ask you to repeat after me say Lord Jesus come on say it with Passion Active Church say Lord Jesus I ask you to speak to my life that you'd minister to my heart I pray that your word would be revealed to me today in a way that I understand it so that I can speak it and do it in Jesus name and see it change my life Amen Come on, let's give King Jesus the biggest shout of praise again. Yeah, amen. Amen. Um, so obviously with special offering, um, we've been talking about a series, when, when Life's Against You. And I want you to realize that from the time that you were conceived, life was against you. And uh, we've been speaking about the ultimate problem that people have is the problem of rebellion. Rebellion has caused every single problem that is known to people. And last week we looked at the fact that rebellion actually killed our spirits. Rebellion actually brought death to our souls. Because at the end of the day what happened was that um, the soul needs life from the spirit. But um, we spoke last week and the week before about the fact that there's two things that came together to make people. And the first thing was that God took clay from the earth and formed the man. And from above, he breathed his spirit into the man. And the two came together, and from that, we got the soul. The soul houses the mind, the will, and the emotions. And from within man's soul came rebellion. And when man rebelled and went against what God said, then what happened was we ended up with a situation whereby man's spirit died because he separated himself from God. Now, we read from Romans 13, verse 4 and 5 last week. For the one authority, for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of the possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. We don't like obeying authority. We don't like it when people are in authority over us and they tell us what to do. We don't like Romans 13. But what we don't realize is that it is the cause of every single problem that exists in the world. So we spoke last week about the fact that when man rebelled, his spirit died. He was separated from God. 
And as a result of that, man began to, to live out of his soul. But the soul is not being fed by the Spirit. And so within the soul, there's a, there's a process of deadness as well. And people do all sorts of things to try and to overcome the deadness that is inside of them. They try and do all sorts of things all over the place, like drinking and going after power and money and fame and all sorts of things to try and cover up that thing that is lost in the inside of them, that thing that is missing. But nothing can replace what God is. Nothing can replace who God is. And there's another problem because God told Adam that in the day that they ate of the fruit of that tree, he would die. Adam didn't die that day, but his spirit died. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't put faith in Jesus, then at the end of the day, you're in a situation whereby your spirit is dead and you cannot connect with God. Now, there's a further complication that arises, and this is what we're talking about today. And that is the fact that rebellion is the cause of the death of the body. So why do you have such a lack in terms of your finances, seeing as we're talking about special offering today? I'll tell you why there's a lack in finances and all of that sort of stuff. There's a lack in these things because of the fact that at the end of the day, death has come into the world. And there's a process of death that is going on in your life the whole time, all the time. And this death causes scarcity. And this death causes all the problems that come about. And God wants you to say, right, I'm going to put that rebellion inside of me aside, and I'm going to trust you for everything. I'm going to trust you for my provision. I'm going to trust you for every fiber in my being. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put aside all of my own understandings, all of my own things, and I'm going to trust you because you are the one that can save me. And if we don't do that, there is a process of death that you are deceived by. And you cannot even begin to understand the truth. You cannot even begin to know what is real. And a couple of times I've said in the last few weeks, therefore everything you know is wrong. I want you to understand that without the Word of God, everything you know about life, everything you know about happiness, everything you know about pleasure, about joy is wrong. And the decisions that you're making are a decision that is made on a foundation of that which is not true. And therefore your decisions are flawed. And you pay the price for your decisions. Many young people are excited by Kanye West and now he's calling himself Yee. Kanye West came out with an album a little while ago in the middle of this COVID pandemic and stuff saying Jesus is king. And he went and he was singing in churches and they allowed him to sing in churches and all of this stuff. And now he's claiming he's a Christian, but now he's not Kanye, he's Ye. But before, a number of years ago, he called himself Jesus, like Jesus. And he's done all these sorts of things. And now this week he was on the show of a famous podcast, I suppose you could call him, a guy named Alex Jones, Infowars. In America, they either love him or they hate him. It's like Jesus. There's no in-between. But he was interviewing Kanye, now Ye, and, and some people get very offended if you call him Kanye and you don't call him Yina. 
And this guy comes on with a freaking mask. Like a whole mask. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the moment I saw that, I didn't need to see anything else. Already you know there's a problem. Like this mask, this thick mask. And even when he's talking, it's like he's talking through material. And at one point he starts telling Alex Jones, I mean, he's, he's a Christian now, he says. He's a Christian. But he start, he's, he's, talk, he's been talking about the fact that all the problems in the world are because of the Jews. Every single problem in the world is because of the Jews. And all the bad people in positions of power, they are the Jews. And, and there are many people who believe this. Many, many people. And then he starts saying, I love the Jews and I love Hitler and the Nazis too. Let us all come together and be one thing, you know, and, and, and people have misunderstood even what he's saying. They're not actually quoting him correctly because he's got this idea we can all just be together in love and in harmony and it's, oh, it's so fantastic and it's magnificent. It's just all one big group hug. I don't care, Christian, Muslim, gay, straight, I don't care. Let's, oh, let's just hug. Oh, come on, we love. As long as we all love each other, everything's fine. But we don't even know what love is. All right, when I was young, I spoke to our witnesses of the Holocaust. All right, there, right now, there are death camps that were turned into museums in Europe. And I, in my lifetime, when I was young, spoke to people that were our witnesses of the bodies that were lying in Europe that had been murdered by the Nazis, six million Jews being amongst them. Hitler had an insatiable desire <clears throat> to wipe out all the Jews, even though there was Jewish ancestry in his own ancestry. So when Kanye starts saying this, he's deceived. He doesn't actually know what he's talking about. He doesn't know history. Now I want you first of all to think about this. And it's not just him that says it. They say, oh, he's got mental problems. Mental. No, no, you can't just keep saying mental health problems every time someone says something evil. Sometimes evil is just what it is. It's evil. Sometimes we like to use mental health as an excuse to sin. But let me tell you what this is like. So you had the Nazis who wanted to wipe out the Jews. Hitler had a fixation and an obsession to wipe out all the Jews. And he created a death industry the likes of which the world has never seen before since. If you've got one group that hates another group like that, you can't say, oh, let's just all come in a group hug. And I want to tell you something else. You cannot come in a group hug with the God of this world. You cannot come in a group hug with all of the people around that are saying all of the stuff. Because at the end of the day, Jesus said he came to bring the vision between those that received him as Lord and everyone else. So I shared with some of the leaders this morning. I want you to think about this for a second. I want you just to think about this. Jesus said, people will hate you because of your faith in me. 
The people who reject me will reject you. And they never rejected me because they, re- they never rejected you. They actually rejected me. And they hate you because you stand for me. And I'm asking you now this morning, when you start looking at this, where, which side of the fence do you sit on? Which side of the fence do you sit on? Because at the end of the day, if the gospel be true, then we see the third result of man's rebellion is the body became subject to corruption or decay and ultimate death. Because of rebellion, because of the rebellion that sits in the soul of every single human being, we go to funerals. And the biggest problem that you have in life is defined in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 56a, the sting of death is sin. I mean, sorry, the sting of sin, sorry, the sting of death is sin. That actually might be wrong. I might have got typed that wrong. It's the sting of sin is death. I want you to think about that now for a second. People like to say, oh, you're talking about sin. You know, you guys, you're all good at two shoes. You think you're holier than thou. You think you're better than everyone else. Who are you to come and tell me this is sin and that is sin? Who are you to tell me I shouldn't be doing that? Who are you to tell me what to do? People are saying that all the time. And the thing is, no. The problem with sin is not that you're bad. The problem with sin is that you're dead. The problem with sin is that you're going to die. The problem with sin is that when everyone's crying, when you're there in your coffin at your funeral, and hopefully there will be people crying at your funeral, but when you're there at your funeral and everyone's crying for you, the thing is this. The bottom line is that there's another death you might still be facing that the people on this earth do not know about, and it's a second death. It's a judgment of God. When man sinned, his body didn't die that day, but the poison of death was injected into his body by his sin. And as a result, the man's body became the subject of decay, became the subject of corruption, became the subject of death. And the sin totally corrupted man's entire personality. Everything became a mess. And people who think that there's a way to get to heaven and a way to get to God other than Jesus only say that because they do not understand the amount of corruption that we're born with going back to the sin of Adam. It's pretty obvious at a funeral that something is wrong with the world. If you're there at a funeral of someone you love, it is pretty obvious that something is wrong in the world. One could look at it this way. The soul of man and the body of man came together and united and rebelled against the will of God, against the Spirit which is placed on the inside of us, who we're supposed to follow, we're supposed to live by the Spirit. But our soul and our body united against the Spirit, united against God through the temptation of Satan. They united against the rule of the Spirit and dethroned the Spirit and therefore the Holy Spirit from the throne that is appointed in every single one of us to rule us and to take us to a place of life. 
after the rebellious contamination of the soul and the body, there's a couple of important phrases that the Bible gives us that depict what happened. It uses terms like the flesh, or it uses terms like the body or the body of sin. You could also, you could also talk about it as being the sinful nature. The day you were born, you were born with a sinful nature, and it all goes back to this. And this is why something on the inside cries out, why is it that the good things I want to do, I don't do, and the bad things I don't want to do, I do them? Who can save me? When you get to that place, Jesus says, Jeremiah, I died for your sin. I can save you. But you have to believe in me. When you look at the totality of your sin, it's not just your physical body. Although the Bible's talking about the flesh and things like that, it's not just your physical body. It's the contamination of your soul and your body in rebellion against Almighty God. And so as a result of this, you are separated from the divine rule that God has given you. And if you do not have the Spirit, you are deceived. You are deceived. Everything that exists in the world comes out of the Spirit. And so because of this, what the Bible describes is as the flesh, you can use the word corrupt. Your DNA is corrupted. When they're talking about government corruption, the corruption, never mind in the government, it's in you, it's in me. And this is why we need Jesus, because man has become corrupt. Inwardly, man is morally corrupt. Outwardly, man is physically corrupt. He does the wrong things. And the nature of this corruption is progressive. That means it starts off with this, but over time it grows, and it grows, and it grows. And just look at what happens. And the best example that I've always seen with this is look at what happens, for example, with a drug addict. With a drug addict, it starts as a small thing. It starts as just taking some stuff just to feel good at a party. And the next thing, they're doing all sorts of the most horrendous thing where a family can't even let some drug addicts live in their house because they will steal their DB board from the house. The electricity box. People come home and find the electricity box gone because a family member stole it to go and get some money to get some drugs. It takes over. And every kind of sin is like this. And the same as it takes over your body because the cravings for the drugs happen in the body. But the same thing happens in your soul. It's progressive. It goes further and further. And unless the process is arrested, there's an ongoing deterioration of the human personality. You get worse and worse and worse. And next week when we start talking about Christmas, I'm going to start talking about the miracle by which man's spirit can be brought back from death to life. Because it's a total miracle. I want you to realize the greatest miracle ever is the fact that you can be brought back to life through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no bigger miracle than that. But in, in order to, to, to understand the miracle, you first got to understand the problem and the disastrous place that we find ourselves in. We find ourselves in a total disaster. And this is why things are so bad. You know, I keep saying to people, start asking yourself why are things so bad. The Bible gives you the answers. And it's only when you realize why things are so bad and how far you fall short of the glory of God that you're going to become desperate for your soul to be saved. 
for Jesus to come and save you. And only then are you going to appreciate what he did for you on the cross. The sacrifice to end all sacrifices. But I want to finish off with this today. Talking about conquest. It's what we prayed. It's what we're believing for. When you've given a seed today, I want to challenge you to believe God for something. Believe Him for one of His promises. And start believing God in spite of what's going on in the world. Start believing God for financial conquest. That you're going to conquer financially. That even though in many ways they're saying that as a world economy we're headed into a famine, believe God that you will reap a harvest in the famine. Come on, can we get a bit excited about that, somebody? I mean... And I want you to realize that when they pressed the crown of thorns into Jesus' head, He wants to get us to a place where we begin to see conquest. And this outpouring has one last application that is essential for the lives of believers. It's financial conquest. I want you to realize that when Adam sinned in Genesis chapter 3, the curse that came upon the earth is linked to people's financial productivity. It's linked to the fact that you can work yourself to the bone and not receive the fruit of your harvest. I want you to realize right there in Genesis chapter 3, and you can find it elsewhere if you go and you study it through the Bible, you will find it elsewhere in the Bible. Work is a blessing. It's a gift from God. When you work and you see the fruit of your labor, It is a blessing. It is the best thing ever. When you see what you're doing multiply the way God intended it to multiply, it is an incredible thing. But the curse said, you will will work the ground by the sweat of your brow. You will be sweating. You will work so hard. And all the ground produces for you is thorns and thistles. This is the curse that came upon the earth because of the sin of man. And so because of sin, man went from having all the necessary provision on hand to having to fight tirelessly to obtain the very minimum. And I want you to realize, when you're fighting for the minimum and you are, 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 are going down a road where you are compromising just to get the minimum, I want you to understand something. This is not what God planned for you. Now, when we talk about people prospering, we're not talking about them becoming rich. All right, some people, if God allows them to become rich, they're consigning themselves to hell. But it means having the provision we need without depending on our own efforts. Without depending on what we have to do. God provides what we need. That is what it means. Prosperity means whatever God's called you to do, you have the resources for it. Prosperity means that sometimes you just keep getting lucky. A believer's prosperity comes from the Lord. 
Prosperity doesn't mean everyone's going to own a house on the top of the hill in Bessonia. It means we will have an abundance of what we need and that God will provide for us over and above that which we put in. One of the things that I believe is why do we see so many people in the world that are lazy? It's because of the curse. You know what I've seen with everyone that's lazy? There's no energy. There's a lack of movement. They just sit. And there's often depression. Why, why, why when people are doing nothing do they get depressed? Because God never meant it so. It's very important that you've heard what I've said to you today. Because this last piece that I'm going to talk about to you today, which is a piece we've spoken about many times, and I spoke about it last year at Special Offering, this only becomes exciting to you if you realize the depth of the problem. This only becomes exciting to you if you realize that Jesus is the only solution to this problem. It's only then that you get excited. It's only when you understand what Jesus has done for you that you realize why you need to tell people about Jesus. Because then you begin to realize what it is that Jesus is saving them from. What Jesus saved people from is so bad, you cannot put it into human words. You cannot show it on a human video. And Jesus died to give us 10 blessings. And these are blessings that are based on Psalm 112. And I would encourage you to go and read Psalm 112 later. But the first blessing we see and I'm going to give you the blessing and then I'm going to read what the psalm actually says. The first blessing is man's image is restored. You know, the first thing that was lost when Adam sinned, Adam lost his image. Adam lost his identity. Adam lost who he was. He lost everything. That's why so many people will travel the world to go and try and find themselves if they've got the money to do so. Because the moment Adam sinned, he lost his identity. And in Psalm 112, it, it says that your image will be restored by the blood of Jesus. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. The commandments of God are a blessing. So many people say, I hate the these and the thous and the, do and, and, and the do's and the don'ts. No, no. How blessed, how blessed is the one who greatly delights in the commandments of the Lord. His image is restored. His soul is restored. He is restored. She is restored. The new creation takes over. Everything becomes about the new creation in Jesus' name. The second thing. Their descendants will be successful in all things. I want you to realize that God wants your descendants to be blessed. God wants your descendants to know Him. God wants your descendants to know Jesus. It's not just for you. Your children should be blessed. 
And this is what it says in the psalm. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. That is an incredible promise there from Almighty God. It's not just you. It's your children. And what do we see? We see the opposite happening in our nation. We see the curse coming down on people through their children and through what's happening in their children's lives. That is not what God intended. The third blessing is they are blessed in every area of, of, of their lives. And, and listen to the words of the, the psalm. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. I want you to really think about your house now. What is it that's lacking? What's happening in your life that is out of alignment with the, with the Word of God? One of the things I can promise you is that one of the things you're doing is you're living life and you're not trusting God. You're not believing on Him. You're relying on yourself. And God doesn't help you when you rely on yourself. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. That's a direct quote from Psalm 112. The fourth thing is their lives are illuminated by compassion. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. I want you to realize the most compassionate being in the universe is Almighty God. And how do you know? How do you know how close or how far you are from God? What is the level of compassion you have for people that have messed up? What is the level of compassion that you have for people that are downtrodden? What is the level of compassion that you have for people that maybe the world around you sees as being beneath you? The further people get from God, the less they have compassion. And the person who is blessed by God, their life is illuminated, which means it's lit up with compassion. People think they're a fool because of compassion. Can't you see what they do? Yes, but there's compassion. My life is lit up with it. When you're filled with compassion, you're just like God. What do you think flowed through God? What feeling do you think flowed through God when He watched His Son die on the cross for you? The fifth thing is they are very generous. It is well with a man who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment. So you have compassion. When you're blessed by God, you're generous. The sixth point is that they will be permanently protected from all adversity. For he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. If you're shaken, get to God. Tell the person next to say, if you're shaken, get to God. Okay, is the world shaking you? Are the circumstances of life shaking you? Get to God. Is the things that have gone wrong in your life shaking you? Get to God. Because they are permanently protected from all adversity. For He will never be shaken. The, light, the righteous will be remembered forever. You will be remembered forever. Amen. They do not give room to fear. <clears throat> if you have fear in your heart, you need to get to the Lord. 
You need to apply the blood of conquest. You need to conquer those fears. You need to believe that Jesus is giving you supernaturally via the Holy Spirit what you need to conquer those fears. In, in Psalm 112 it says, He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. Is your heart steadfast trusting in the Lord? If it is, give the Lord the biggest shout of praise here today. Amen. Your heart is steadfast. Trusting the Lord. Trusting the Lord. Say, I trust the Lord in Jesus' name. He will always, so they will always be conquerors. A person that's operating under the blessing of God is always conquering. His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. You can get the place because of your faith in Jesus where you're looking with joy with a good feeling at the devil because he can't get you no matter what you're going through here's the ninth promise for the people who understand the blessings that come from the Lord they will be honored by God himself God himself will honor them. He has, he has given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. Imagine if you come up to the throne of Almighty God and he honors you. He honors you. In front of all of heaven and all of eternity, he honors you. You will be honored by God himself. Wow. And the last one, they will even be a testimony to their, enemy, to their enemies. And Psalm 112 ends off with this. The wicked will see it and be vexed. They will see the blessing of the Lord on this person. They will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and mouth away. The desire of the wicked will perish. In other words, the wicked, which means Satan himself, are going to look at the righteous. And they're going to be tormented by the blessing of God on the righteous. Someone should be saying, wow. I'm asking you, do you believe this? Active church, I'm asking you, do you believe this? Active Church, I said, I'm asking you, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that when Jesus shed his blood from the crown of thorns and they beat him with the staff, that he broke the curse over the ground beneath which you work, that you will see the fruit of your labor? The curse came and it affected every sphere of influence you have. Jesus came to give you that back. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. And we're going to pray the prayer that we've been praying the last few weeks. And I want you to close your eyes. We pray this prayer every time we want to conquer new areas. New areas in terms of our family, new financial areas, political areas, business areas. When we want to conquer new areas in the ministry, 
or even in the, in the social realm, we apply the blood of conquest. When the earth produces thorns, where there's a financial curse, start applying the blood of conquest. How do you apply it? You speak it. You say it. You believe it. And where there's a territorial curse that's opposing con conquest. I want you to realize there is a spiritual battle. It is real. And when you start conquering and you, 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 you're living by the will of God and you want to conquer and you want to see His blessing upon your life, there are spiritual forces that come against you. And I want you to see what I'm going to say now. I want you to see yourself conquering in new settings, buying land, gaining political influence, extending the ministry, even opening new businesses and things like that. I want you to see yourself living in financial blessing regardless of your social status. Regardless of how the world sees you. And uprooting territorial curses that operate in a specific area. We have curses over South Africa. You are the person that God wants to work through to uproot those curses. I don't have to speak too long about what they are. Just read the news. You'll soon begin to see what the curses are. An example in this nation would be child abuse and rape. Those are two manifestations of the curse of the enemy upon this nation. Child abuse and rape. And God is calling on you to begin to stand in faith and to start uprooting those curses. And start speaking to people about what Jesus has done for them. Let me, let me tell you something. People need Jesus. And if you don't realize it, then you actually do not have a grasp of the gospel. You don't, you don't understand how central it is to everything. So now I want you to picture a special offering. And just hold out your hand. We prayed over it earlier. But take your one hand like this and put your other hand on top as if your special offering's in your hand. Some of you might have done it via EFT. It's still in your hand right now. And we're going to pray this prayer. Believing that as we go into 2023, God is going to do things in our lives that are going to shock the world. Come on, do you see it, Active Church? That God is going to do things in 2023 that are going to shock the world through our lives. Now let's pray. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I apply the blood that was shed from Jesus' head. Come on, I want you to say it with passion. It's not enough passion. I want you to really say it. And I want you to say it like you believe it. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Say, I apply the blood that was shed from Jesus' head because of the crown of thorns. And I declare that this blood removes every curse that has touched my finances and the land beneath my feet. 
I declare that because of the blood of Jesus, my image is completely restored. My descendants are permanently protected. My children will be greatly blessed. Your face will shine upon them. They will be full of compassion. And you will use them to bless others. Lord, thank you. Because you will keep us from fear. Say this powerfully. Say, because you will keep us from fear. And because we have the anointing of conquest. Thank you. Because you honor us. In every area of our lives. And I know that the enemy is destroyed. And put to shame. Through our testimony. All this. Through the power of your blood. In Christ Jesus name. Amen.